0: Good morning, Philadelphia. With us today is Frank Reynolds, local business owner and a man with a harrowing story. That's right. A few days ago, three thugs tried to mug me. Now, I want to be very clear about something. Oh. Um, these pieces of garbage, they don't know who Mr. the hell they're Reynolds? dealing with. Excuse me. Do you think maybe you could eat that sandwich later? I'm starving. We uh, yes. have nothing to eat in this show. Let's get back right, to the so, so these punks, Yes. I don't know if they wanted money mm-hmm. or they wanted something more sexual. But it's a lucky thing, I had my pieces. Your your pieces? My guns. Oh. Anyway, I started blasting. Bam! Bam! I don't see so good, so I missed. Then they ran away. I ran after them. Okay. Bang! Try to shoot them in the back. But I don't want so good either. Anyway, you guys all think I'm a hero, and I'll accept that responsibility. Now, were you concerned, though, that an innocent bystander may have... crime in this city is out of control. Mm. Thank God I went down to Gunther's Guns, and picked up a spare. I don't think one would have done it. I'm gonna go out and buy some more. Okay. And I think you should too. Don't be a victim. Exactly. Gun sales have skyrocketed. We're running out of guns. And we have to manufacture more guns. Supply is not meeting the demand. Can we Can we cut? Will will my hands look this small on the screen? Uh, We're alive. I thought the camera would add 10 pounds to my hands. I don't like the way they look. Your hands look fine, put them down. This is Jack Kelly, he's my attorney. He specializes in constitutional law. Our rights are being infringed upon, and people like my client won't take it anymore. The Constitution guarantees our Second Amendment rights, and these liberals like Al Gore, they're trying to take that away from us with this global warming bullshit. So uh, you, you see the two issues as related somehow? Damn right. The government of today has no right telling us how to live our lives because the government of 200 years ago already did. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. They also protected us from tyranny against the seizure of tasteful artistic photographs of beautiful bodies. Not now, Jack. That same government wants to come into our home, tell us what is and what is not art. That's not right. Okay, well, I'm going to try and uh, keep things on track here. Yeah, get out and get those guns before they run out. And the government changes the laws.
1: Hello, and welcome to The Stool Pigeons. I'm Harrison Davenport. And I'm Jack Jameswood. So, uh, Jack, have you uh, gotten your gotten any packages in the mail today? I, I did, and I got
2: also your 36 text messages. I know you're really excited about the package, but I wanted to save this for on air because I ha- I hate to break it to you. I know that you put a lot of your personal money into buying this for me. And I appreciate it. And I know that uh, this came out of the money that you were going to spend on uh, your honeymoon anniversary. But yeah, this uh, this new Melestrio is not working out. Not what's wrong with it. It seems like you programmed it. You okay? You did give me the handjob model, which I thought was a nice touch, and that was a you know fifteen hundred dollar add on. That was good, but the place where you really fucked up was preparation, which is something normally you're excellent at, always coming prepared with stuff. Uh, and yes, it's my strong suit. Yeah, it is. And the company asked for you to uh, program it with handjob related fantasies that I would be into. Well, you gave them Mark on the Green story. So you programmed this robot, this new iteration of Melestrios as a voyeuristic robot.
1: Oh, well, I just assumed since you like the stories that we were doing for YouTube, that you would be fine. Since you like those stories, I was like, ah, why not Mark on the Green? That seems good. So I guess I interpreted that wrong.
2: Well, well, the problem is you forget there's usually a woman actually in those stories. And in this case, this is just a robot who is hiding behind my couch, who immediately when I let him in the door, stole my gym shorts and sandals and has been jacking off vigorously. And any time I look at him, he runs
1: away. He has not completed a single fucking task. So that's all he does then. Uh, Yeah, I guess I should have read those instructions a little bit better. So some illustrious just like hiding in corners and just just jacking off randomly.
2: Yeah. And one of the problems with getting the $1,500 hand job add on his dexterity or whatever makes him completely incapable of doing any other task around the house. His hand cannot hold a dish. It cannot fold a towel. So it is mostly just a geeked out robot jerking off in flip flops behind couches running away from me. And I'm kind of scared for my life.
1: Well, that's what you get when you order from Alibaba.com. So I guess I'll have to, uh, uh, well, we might need to look at returning this model then. I really don't know if it's returnable though. I have already looked into it and with my fluent Chinese,
2: I went ahead and called their 800 number and they told me, they referred me back to the instruction manual, the last page, and it was just a skull and crossbones. Um... You know, I'm not I don't know anything about uh, hieroglyphics, but I assume that's not a very good sign.
1: Yeah, they did. They do warn you on the page, though, that the instruction manual is only in Chinese Uh, because the these models aren't actually legal in the U.S. It's kind of a gray area right now with sex robots. So I was able to kind of get the special exception and dude, just the shipping alone to get it through with all the delays with COVID was a pain in the ass. But. Okay, well, I guess we can figure it out. But, you I mean, know
2: you know, I like the gesture it w- It was very nice of you, and look, it's not a total loss. I have a couple of ideas that you know I'm floating around in my head that I'm developing to you know maybe still turn this around with this model, like is he gonna do laundry? No, I'm gonna have cl- clothes everywhere absolutely. Am I gonna have to wash the dishes again? Absolutely. well, I will figure out how to utilize this robot just out of gratitude that your wife will not be getting a Christmas gift this year.
1: It seems pretty strange, though, that they actually programmed the robot to jack off. I guess I wasn't understanding that when I was filling in the instructions. Like, what's the purpose of this robot actually jacking off? Um, there isn't any, but
2: they do try to program it to the consumer's fantasies. And so they asked you to send in a sample packet. And I don't know if you're going to bed early that night, but you just took links from Mark on the Green stories on Reddit and sent them in as though they're my actual fantasies. And uh, yeah, sexually Mark on the Green's fantasies and mine are not very compatible. I don't even have a wife. See, I mean, I that's thought- the reason I needed a robot to begin
1: with. See, I thought they would take the idea of what his wife, how she's described in the stories, and they would program that into the robot. I guess I just wasn't descriptive enough or, you know, there was a breakdown in the uh, language translation. Well, these models don't have I, I, I
2: think you're kind of imagining a Blade Runner type situation, whereas in reality, these are made from very cheap materials that I'm pretty sure are carcinogenic.
1: Mm, okay, so they're not like good ex machina robots or anything like that. Now, maybe
2: let's probably uh, cut this part out, but I did tie the new version of Melestrios down and force him to give me a hand job, and I have a huge rash on my penis and there's lots of boils mm-hmm. on it too. So he's a liability, but I appreciate the gift. Okay, yeah, you're welcome. So, speaking of equally defective things coming out of China, we have an update. All right, Sagar, what's on your radar?
3: Yesterday, we covered the extraordinary news broken by The Wall Street Journal that the long-buried intelligence within the U.S. government believes three staffers at the Wuhan Institute of Virology were hospitalized for COVID-19-like symptoms in November 2019. It gives additional and overwhelming weight within the U.S. government and the public consensus that origins of the virus are from that lab. Now, as I have said here repeatedly, acknowledging this likelihood itself is not Political. It is a statement of fact, and the more facts you learn, you see that if the lab leak hypothesis is true, it implicates Dr. Fauci, the U.S. government, the global health establishment, and the Chinese government. There are no single villains in this story. But maybe one. That's the media. The outright awakening in recent months to the implication that coronavirus very well could have come from the Wuhan lab has been absolutely stunning to behold. The media's job is to tell people the truth. Now look, I know some of you snorted because it hasn't been that way for a while, but that is ostensibly what it is. But instead, they have fully metamorphized into the Trump years to become outward propaganda machines. And the propaganda began early and often in February of 2020, when Senator Tom Cotton suggested on Fox News that coronavirus may have been weaponized by the Chinese Communist Party and originated in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Now, look, his supposition that it was intentionally weaponized has zero evidence at this time to back it up. But the origin of the virus itself became the flashpoint. And immediately, The Washington Post and The New York Times came out swinging, saying his suggestion that the virus came from the lab had been debunked. Oh, really? Well, as journalist Michael Tracy has pointed out, the principal person that The Washington Post relied on for the, quote, debunked label believes that coronavirus is a result of a lab leak from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The Times then published a story in which they insinuated that the Trump administration was pressuring intelligence agencies in some Iraq-level handling to come up with evidence. So what
2: did you think about this story, Harrison?
1: I found it interesting. i
2: <laughs> That's what Harrison
1: always says when he he's uh, delaying and thinking of things to say before he gives his answers. Yeah, I'm filibustering reading articles right now on the web, what's going on with this story. But- no, I remember when COVID this question mark in Google search. <laughs> um, I re- I remember when this story came out because I had a conversation with someone when they brought up the whole lab leak from China. And it was like, no, that is definitely not true. That is definitely false. But turns out it looks like it may be true. Didn't you say according to Dr. Fauci? Yeah, he was at the Pointer
2: Institute. It was a co-production with PolitiFact, and it had Christine Amanpour and Brian Stelter there over the weekend or maybe a couple of weeks ago, and they were asking him whether the lab theory has been completely debunked and invalidated, and he said that's not something that uh, he maintains any longer
1: or something to that effect. You know, nobody's going to be apologizing to Joe Rogan either. When he brought this up, they're like, you're a total conspiracy theorist. And they're calling him like a total piece of shit for actually even entertaining that idea on his podcast. And now it's like, oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, Retraction on page 37. That actually could have some merit to it. At this point, the two biggest stories of Trump's
2: presidency were Russia and COVID. What did Trump say about both of them? That they were fake and made up by the media? And so far, he has a record of, well, two and to be decided. Yeah, the Russia thing was definitely fake, though. And uh, one of the things that was interesting about the uh, lab leak theory was it turned out to be much less racist than the original theory, which was like... The Chinese are degenerate and they just eat live bats for lunch.
1: <laughs> yeah, that actually is true. I hadn't actually thought about but Everybody that. was like, anybody
2: <laughs> that says the Chinese don't eat bats is a racist.
1: Yeah, because they were saying like, these wet markets are disgusting. These people are just going in and getting these live animals and they're chopping them up. They're not clean. Huh. I'm even susceptible
2: uh, to, to the thing because with enough, you know, sources and newspapers and everyone, even the Lancet had 27 doctors that came out and said anybody that's pushing the covid weaponization laboratory theory is a conspiracy theory. They're doing a harm to global health, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, OK, look, The New York Times, always wrong. Washington Post, always wrong owned by fucking Jeff Bezos. That guy drinks children's blood for bedtime snack. But the Lancet, allegedly. that's a pretty, yeah, allegedly. Um, but the Lancet, and you had something like 27 doctors sign a letter saying the manufactured in a laboratory thing was fake. I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to these guys. You know,
1: I'm not a doctor. It sounds like I should probably apologize to my wife after this, because when she originally told me the theory, she said her haircut lady told her, I was like, I mean, that lady's a fucking moron. Like, there's no way I'm going to believe this story. But her haircut lady has been two for two on stories because there was another one about the Chinese and someone else like working on these cells to like basically combine animal cells and human cells to perform so they could do some testing. And I was like, I don't know about that. I'm going to have to look that up. And sure thing. I mean, there was some truth to it. I don't you know, I'm summarizing.
2: I can't remember. Alex Jones loves talk uh, humanoids, humanoids, like, yeah, pigs and man. But you know who else I should probably apologize to and not ridicule? Every time I go and make an appointment at the Honda dealership, the racist lady at the call center service, she definitely had this COVID is fake story nailed a year ago. And I can guarantee you she does not have the kind of background that would put her on par with anyone that uh, has ever written for, including a letter to the Landsat.
1: Oh, you're going to have to let the audience in on some of the things this lady has said. I I can go back through and look at my text messages to see what you've sent me, what this lady says. Yeah, you might want to pull up those. The best way to summarize it is, if you were live
2: in the 2008 campaign where the woman with the disheveled hair and dementia came up to John McCain and said, Obama's a terrorist and a Muslim. That lady was, I guess, what you would call a moderate compared to the woman that works at the Honda dealership call center.
1: Okay, Jack, so I've recovered the text that you sent me. I might have to edit one part at the end just because there's some personal info in there. But anyway...
2: No, I mean, you can reveal to the audience that I have a 12 inch dick and I had to go to the doctor to get a dick reduction surgery last week when I was going to get my car serviced
1: uh, from Jack. I'm at the Honda dealership getting my oil changed. The old ladies at the front desk are always hilarious to listen to because they are uh, they are to the right of QAnon. The craziest one is probably 75 pounds overweight and is 80 years old. The first thing I heard her say was, and even some of my friends are buying into the whole COVID hoax, and they've all gotten sick after they got the shot. Then you got these fools wearing masks all the time. I haven't worn a mask and I'm healthy. So is everyone else I know that didn't get the fake vaccine. You also put, she's in terrible health and is sitting in a chair all day, but she is one of those people that doesn't die. Last time I was here, she was calling Obama a Kenyan and said AOC wanted to make Christianity illegal and turn churches into abortion clinics. And she doesn't even lower her voice, which is hilarious. And the other two women she works with are obese and dumb. There's one that finds the racist outspoken woman to be
2: something of an intellectual And then there is another woman who is comatose most of the time in there. You walk in and she's barely staying alive. There's usually just a long thing of drool that's just hanging from her mouth as
1: she (laughs) occasionally hits the keyboards. (laughs) That's awesome. No, I, I enjoyed that text quite a bit. Well, the only thing is...
2: Like okay, sure, uh, where we live do you do you, do you occasionally if you if you meet people who are white that are over seventy where there's only other white people around are they gonna say some stuff that probably you wouldn't say on the news uh yeah, but the thing about this woman is that she doesn't moderate her voice at all. When I walk in the door to listen to this, when she's talking about AOC making Christianity illegal, but also turning churches into mosques and abortion clinics, you can hear from 30 feet away. And no one else, no one else looks
1: or thinks that's weird. And And nobody at the car dealership thinks it's odd either. I'm just glad there's someone speaking the truth at the Honda dealership. This woman, like you said, she was right on on one thing. So what's to say she's not right on all these other things? Well, I think that's
2: why Trump is amazing, because he has no talent, he's not intelligent, he's completely lazy, but everything he's done in life has been successful. So when the history books look back, there is a legitimate case to say, yeah, the media did perpetuate a hoax with the intelligence community to take down a president based on faulty and false information. And that when he was criticized for his COVID response and blamed for inflaming racial tensions in the country. Actually, his summary and information that he was
1: providing to the American
2: people was completely
1: accurate. No, I was just going to say it it is so true that I mean, he did get fucked over in so many respects. And I've been wondering with all of the uh, the news I or sorry, with the lack of the news recently or a lack of news recently and Trump being off Twitter. I feel like Democrats are eventually going to start pushing Twitter to get Trump back on there so they have something to be angry about. And MSNBC actually has news stories. I don't know how
2: many more Biden has a perfect dick stories they can run anymore. Plus, I miss the conflict. That's what drives good news is conflict. That's why I used to watch the news, because you would have Trump on the one side and the media and you absolutely have
1: contempt for both of them. I'm guessing. So here's a prediction, which, you know, these go so well. I'm going to say once they've ridden this COVID thing as long as they can, because they're going to keep that going as long as possible, they will be like, oh, it looks like Trump's been reinstated. We formed a panel and uh, Trump has Twitter again. Because I don't, they won't have a story without COVID and no Trump. They have absolutely nothing. I mean, I guess they can make up like another Russia thing.
2: Harrison, I, w- I was thinking for 2024, I think Trump, who is very sophisticated and smart, or at least gets very lucky. What if... You know, there's someone around him, maybe like a Stephen Miller type who is Mm -hmm. definitely evil and has been planning and licking his lips over the idea of genocide for a long time. And he just whips up like a batch of serum and injects Trump and he comes out on stage and he's shirtless. He's
1: just wearing his fucking bottoms and he's ripped. I think they need to give him some of that and the, uh, oh, the medicine that he got when he had COVID and he came out and he was just so hyped up and he gave that press conference. Hopefully they find the secret book that Jeffrey Epstein had. He knew how to whip up the adrenochrome
2: with all the other stuff you need to get that type of evil magic. And that would be beautiful because then we could finally do some things that, you know, he wasn't able to do during the first term. (laughs)
1: Like anything, really, like just Anything,
2: okay, Harrison. Before we wrap this up, I know that you have a little bit of a background in medicine yourself as a citizen doctor who has read several Wikipedia mm-hmm. pages, and I was just curious: how did this fucking thing escape?
1: Based on your um, deep and comprehensive knowledge of uh, virology, oh, I don't even need to use any of my background in this because I can just give it to you in layman's terms. Okay, hit so me. So there with was it. someone, I believe, there was a. I believe there was a Chinese-Canadian doctor. I believe that's what I've heard with the conspiracy theories. Who knows if that's true? But anyway, I'm not going to ramble. This uh, this doctor, I'm just going to assume someone got sick. They weren't following protocols. And then in China, I mean, there's so many people close together. So they got infected, left the lab, and then just spread it to another person. I think that's perfectly plausible.
2: Yeah, that's an interesting theory. Now, here's mine, and I think this is the coolest one. You just have a disgruntled employee. A guy that's a real piece of shit. He's had a low-level job in China. He just switched from being one of the guys that, I don't know, does slave stuff at one of the Apple factories that they have where they commit suicide all the time. And so he's thinking, finally, I'm going to move, move uh, make my way up to the Chinese middle class, which is... Very poor still, but, you know, it's good enough. You you get to eat tons of bats. You can eat like 12 bats a week off that kind of salary. And he's just been treated like shit. And he's like, you know what? Fuck my boss. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to leave the door open and I'm going to duct tape the door door locks so that people can just come in and out. And boom, millions of people die. And
1: he's laughing his okay. ass off right now. And no one knows. It's only so that guy when. didn't get infected. So that guy didn't get infected, but he pulled all of this off and he set everyone up so these people were able to then go in and get it. Okay.
2: No, no, he, he wasn't uh, affected at all because the kind of chemicals that they had him working with at the Apple factory, like he's immune. So he was, he, I mean, he was taking the vials in and out and just throwing them on the street.
1: No, he, actually, what he was doing is he was mixing them with those, oh, what are those? Vibrators? No, so I, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> no actually what he was doing is from his previous job before the apple factory he had stolen a bunch of those essential oil diffusers and then he just mixed in covid with those and he took them to a bunch of businesses and they were just shooting the essential oils up into the air maybe even a doctor's office and that was just infecting everyone now, now i like that idea awful what like
2: more uh Uh, A funnier scenario to imagine is that this guy is just the dipshit at work, and he's been offered some money by like Russian intelligence to get these things out of there, but he's a part-time rickshaw worker, so he takes the files on the back of his rickshaw, and he's not paying attention, and he just flips it over into the middle of the street and then runs away. (laughs) Either way, the point
1: of the story, folks, is it's funny when people die. And so, Jack, just sticking with uh, COVID for a few uh, few more minutes. Do you? Uh, I don't know if you remember that story that we did maybe a month or so ago about COVID turning you gay. Uh, you'll have to remind me. Uh, what was that? I don't have the kind
2: of medical knowledge you have. You'll have to break it down in simple terms for me. So this was the
1: one where QAnon, a good group, by the v- way. A very uh, devout, what are orthodox Jewish rabbi and mm. an Iranian cleric all came together to agree that the COVID vaccine made you gay.
2: Yeah, I do remember that story. Now, now you have insurance, is that correct? So you're able to get the, the test certifying that uh, you weren't gay or or have you taken that yet or tested it out or anything?
1: Well, you know, that's not an official test. But in the South, there is a bit of a black market for these tests that you can get them. And, uh, you know, they're they're a little expensive, but they're uh, they're willing to help you. They're passed out by uh, some of the more conservative church organizations here that I assume these people are also QAnon supporters. But I thought it was worth going and just being safe. You know what I mean? Like kind of like getting the vaccine. You just want to be safe and get it. So I went, I completed my test, and uh, I, I passed. Have you gone and gotten yours?
2: Now, when you say you passed, maybe I'm disclosing a little, little bit of uh, sensitive information here. You said you passed, but you've been texting me this week about like how you can't get erections anymore when you see women, but that you still passed?
1: But yeah, I, I think I'm probably leaning more... Um, Maybe asexual at this point was the final result, but all they did. So a lot of these organizations, you know, that, uh, you know, gay conversion therapies, you know, you really can't do it in a lot of places. So, no, what I was saying, the places that used to do this, their businesses have come back up because they saw a market for these gay COVID tests. So they're just using those gay conversion therapy tools that they had and they're just repurposing them for this test.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I I normally am attracted uh, to women, but I've, I've been reading a lot of the literature that a lot of, you know, some people are like homophobia is bad. So I've been reading some of that stuff and, you know, I have an open mind. So I have been, um, you know, sucking off guys I, just to see what it's like. So I don't know if it's the COVID test that brought that behavior by. I mean, I like it a little bit. So but that started happening after you got your vaccine. No, this is about uh, 12 months ago that I um, started uh, sucking off uh, guys at uh, bars. Look, I I don't drink, but what I like to do is cruise outside of a bar and pretend that I'm a taxi. And then I take them to their house and then uh, they're, you know, maybe, okay, maybe they're passed out a little bit. And then all you just hear is zip.
1: Hey, but you, you see in your rear view mirror, like you're, you're getting there and it's uh, going down in the driveway, but then you just look and it's Melestrio poking his head out, jerking off behind a tree. Like, how did he know where I was at? Yeah, well, I
2: don't need molestrios to incriminate me.
1: I have all,
2: I'm already on probation for some of my cruising behavior. I'm kind of on my last limb here with uh, some of the police. They call it sexual mm. assault. But I've tried to explain to the judge in court over and over again. How can that be the case? It's two dudes doing it, you know?
1: Right. Yeah, I think the problem, though, in the case was where the. Uh, well, it's the whole the damn legal saying- system.
2: It's the legal system.
1: Well, I think it was where they were saying no, and I also am looking at the case that you had sent me over the files, and it's something about you have a seatbelt in your car that they can't undo. Well, hang on,
2: hang on. This is the case that I I, I was trying to explain to to the judge, my case, when I was representing myself. You know, it wasn't against their will. They were passed out. I was sucking them off (laughs) while they were uh, completely knocked out by booze. Is that not consent? They didn't uh, say stop. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I tried I, to make a textual argument for my case. And yeah, I, I did not win that. And I had to pay a $500 fine and apologize to seven of the victims.
1: And I also lost my taxi license, which I did not have. But now, since you're thinking about getting into the Uber game, you're just going to put a notice on your car by getting in. You can send to anything that may or may not happen, whether you're awake or not. Look, maybe I've converted that uh, taxi that I have
2: into passing out COVID tests, and maybe it comes with a couple of free drinks when you take the tests. (laughs) And maybe, you know, I have molestrios uh, souping up a van for people to take COVID tests and, you know, the privacy of a secure van. And guess what? You get a free ride and a slice of pizza if you just get in the truck.
1: Right, right, right. Well, let's not make it seem, you know, you're picking up adult men. Let's just not let that be confused with what that was sounding like. Let's not get into the
2: legal niceties of like, can someone legally purchase and own 12 gallons of chloroform? I don't know the answer to that. And I, I, you know what I say? Let's don't look into it. And we need to keep the government out of regulating private consensual behavior, especially on automotive vehicles.
1: Parents at a St. John's County school are outraged tonight after they say the school digitally altered the yearbook photos of dozens of girls. They say more than
3: 80 pictures were altered. Students and parents say the move is part of a larger dress code controversy in the county that they say targets female students. Now, a student says the school told her she met the dress code requirements, yet the school edited her photo
1: and covered her chest. The school district says the school is offering refunds to parents who call about the issue. So, Jack and other non-consensual news. Have you seen this yearbook story coming out of Florida?
2: Yeah, I did. You, you sent me a couple of the articles and clips uh, from some of your favorite t- TV shows, like uh, The View and The Today Show, and I watched them, and I, I really couldn't get you know into this story, and I'll tell you why. It might have been a big deal 10, 15 years ago, whenever you needed accurate pictures of what people looked like in the past. Because, you know, 15, 20 years ago, you didn't have Facebook. You didn't have anything to remember the girl that gave you a handjob in the backseat after the football game when you were both wasted. And, you know, if they would have clipped out the cleavage of that girl. And just left you with an in, inaccurate, like, representation of what she looked like. It would be a travesty, and I would say that teacher should not only be executed, but I think we should just bring back stoning. I, I'm assuming you agree.
1: Yeah, let's let's dive in. Yeah, sure. Let's stone that lady. That's fine. Whatever. I get what you're saying because you know we have Facebook now, but back in the day, you just wouldn't have had those hot photos to go back to.
2: Well, you wouldn't have had those photos to go back to. And I I think it would likely be a catalyst for people that are, you know, borderline mentally ill to go back over the yearbook and then think, wait, she had no tits. And then immediately, what do you think? Oh, Maybe everything I've imagined about my life isn't real. Maybe I don't even have a job. Maybe I don't even have a family. And what do you do? You just climb up the stairwell and you kill yourself because those kind of errors. I mean, it's a serious thing. It's not a big deal now because we have social media, but she should have considered that.
1: So, Jack, your, your, uh, your take and opinion on this is that you don't really care. I mean, you, you would stone the one lady if this had happened 30 years ago, but now it's like, yeah, whatever.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, it would still be kind of funny to stun that lady anyway. I bet she's a bitch.
1: Oh, absolutely. So I went through and I followed some of the I've been following this news story just to see what they've been saying. So the school is just not commenting at all. And the photos are really not bad, like in this news article. I mean, it's they've literally taken photos Like, it's nothing bad, but they've literally, like, just put a, like, black, like, triangle or square, like, up to these people's necks. Well, but they've taken away any kind of round shape. Yeah, and they, well, they've, so, what pissed a lot of people off is that they altered the photos to such a degree that they actually deformed the people in the photos. So, and none of this happened to guys, but it looks like. Like all of the girls in the photos, like they were somewhat deformed in some way because of how they actually did the photos in the yearbook.
2: Yeah. And the woman originally, the I guess the journalism teacher had originally tried to lie and say that it was one of the male teachers that was doing this. But immediately the principal said, yeah, there's no way uh, this has your hands all over it because a man, he would never just remove cleavage from a yearbook. This woman just sounds terrible. She shouldn't have done it. She should be fired. She should have her license uh, taken away, and she shouldn't be allowed to open care anymore.
1: I agree, man. We absolutely crushed it with that story. (laughs) Yep, we're uh, stool pigeons.
2: We are still pro cleavage, uh, despite what you may have heard from some of our enemies out there.
1: Yeah, I actually don't think I gave you a take on that. And you made sure to tell me I should have a take, but I kind of just skipped through because I got a little distracted with the stoning idea because I really I really did not see that coming.
2: Yeah, Harrison's idea of preparation is I send him ideas uh, well in advance of 24 hours and come up with notes. And uh, then he shows up uh, about 10 minutes before and gets angry at me for uh doing all the work and for me not i guess just having a teleprompter for him to read off of
1: yeah i probably still wouldn't read off the teleprompter though that seems like a little bit of extra work but hey uh i I will say my i would uh, hold, hold on hold on i will say my one contribution to this episode i think the audience is really gonna like is elevator pitch
2: i had to pressure Harrison vigorously for him to come up with any segment that he could think of. All he has to do is fill five minutes of airtime with anything. It doesn't even matter. I've said that he could read Wikipedia pages. Did he do it today? Yeah,
1: Jack Jack said he was going to quit the podcast or he was going to try and unionize, but I went ahead and already did some union busting tactics to break that up, so his next threat was really that he was just going to quit after he tried to do that. So I did take that seriously guys. And the stool pigeons is going to continue because you just heard the sound and this new segment is called elevator pitch. Jack, you want to, you want to get going and explain what this is? Well, it's your segment. You idiot. That, that is an excellent point, Jack, that I did as my second. So maybe I should have. So Harrison it.
2: brings a clip. What's the clip about? I don't know. Why don't you explain?
1: So, elevator pitches where one of us is playing the role of an executive and the other person is pitching an idea. So, one of us
2: has power and one of us is weak and groveling to the other. Hmm. I wonder what,
1: how he got an idea for this. Okay, hold on. I get shit on for lightning round basically every episode, so it's good that I got, a, I got a little segment where I have a little control.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, your lightning round picks are usually like uh, the goalie from the Croatian team who got an ankle injury <laughs> and then the other one's like, I don't know, uh, bad medical stuff that's happening in the world and uh, evil stuff. <laughs>
1: Okay. So, Jack, how about you hit us with your first elevator pitch? And your good stuff's always like, I had a good
2: dinner last night.
1: (laughs) What were you saying? Go ahead. Dinner last night. No. I'm having sushi tonight, by the way. Good or bad at the week.
2: (laughs) Okay. So, elevator
0: pitch.
1: Yep. 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 We're going to have to use cross gate on that. Uh, but elevator pitch. All right, Jack, hit us with your first elevator pitch. OK, so I think you have me
2: on a timer. So I got to hit these out pretty quickly. And you you have to either reject. Well, I guess you can pick. Well, you will figure out the rules afterwards.
1: So here are my yeah, I didn't explain anything. Exactly. I, I explained nothing, really. Yeah, they'll figure it out. I mean, our audience is smart.
2: Yeah, they, yeah, they're yeah, they very smart. I mean, they they were on top of the COVID fake stuff way before we were. Um, so, Pitch One, Sticky Bandits. It's a remake of Home Alone, but it is an LGBT-themed movie where the two robbers, they break into the house because they're homeless, because of gentrification. And so, they break into the McAllister's house and you know, they're in love. They're two homeless men who have been the victims of senseless uh, government policies by Gavin Newsom. And they break in, and the one thing that they like to experience on their anniversary, which happens to be right before Christmas, is opening the fridge and taking out all the sticky stuff and getting butt naked and having sex with each other. And that's how they disarm Kevin. Now, Kevin's probably going to have to play a secondary role in this movie.
1: Okay, after much consideration, Jack, I think I'm going to have to pass on that. Uh, But you have one more, so let's make it count. Give me something good. Okay, these are a couple of
2: variations of James Bond. So what I was thinking is, you know, the uh, body positivity movement is very big on TikTok. Kids are into it. It's about, you know, just accepting your body. What if we had a fat James Bond? And he is still solving uh, international crimes, but you know he can't get in his Aston Martin because he's too fat for the car chase scene. So the bad guy always gets away. So it's kind of an inversion of regular James Bond, where the good guy wins, or like the British Empire wins, or whatever that's about. I think it's where like. He's 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 uh, he works for the queen. He's like the queen's bodyguard, I think, in these movies. And then we have to praise the veterans. I thought this one could come out on Veterans Day. I don't know if they have that over there um, in the UK. James Bond, they're updating it. So he was in the the elite special services over there in Iraq. And he got his uh, penis blown off the whole thing they were able to reconstruct his legs. There was actually no damage. It was just he has minor scar tissue on his inner thigh, but his dick, it completely blew off. And there was nothing they can do because they, they just don't have the technology yet. So they, they just gave him like if one of those empty paper towels.
1: <laughs> just cardboard.
2: Yeah, it's just a flesh covered one till till it's temporary, they said you know, NHS and all that bureaucracy. Okay, here's the thing. It's another inversion, but it's different. And so you're supposed to have sympathy for uh, veterans that have PTSD and have lost limbs Sacrificing themselves because this time when Bond goes into the bedroom, the girls are still getting wasted. They're still into them. But during the undress scenes, and this is crucial, there is a hot woman. She has big tits. Now imagine big, huge tits that they're just coming out of a casino. And he's like, Hey, you want to go up to my room? And she's like, Why don't you fuck me, James? And I'll give you all the secrets. And he's like, This will be so fucking easy. And then they pass by a guy who says, Thank you for your service. And, you know, he high fives that guy. So he has a lot of confidence going in the room. But the woman who's very hot, has huge tits. She takes off her top and he is like, oh, my God, I'm going to fuck her. But then he forgets that he doesn't have a dick. And she's like, come on, 007. Why are you being so coy? She tells him, just take off your pants. Now, this is at the very end of the movie. There's only 10 minutes left. Is the guy going to detonate a nuclear weapon or not in London and kill everyone? And he can't do it because it turns out he doesn't have a dick. So the woman rejects him and goes with the bad guy who's Russian. And that's the pitch.
1: Okay. You know what? Okay, Since it's for the veterans, I like that. I like that. And, you know, it's not a predictable ending either because it detonates.
2: Yeah, I, and I like that because look, it's a it's a twist at the end. It's it's like M Night uh, Shyamalan. Yeah, could I have just made uh, Bond trans in this movie? Sure. But you want to know because the stakes are so high. There's only five minutes left on the nuclear-armed device. And so he has to get the the password from the girl with the big tits who slept with the evil guy. And it turns out he just doesn't have a dick. So she's turned off, and then 500 million people die. And that's the movie. Yeah, I mean, the
1: only problem I see there is... If it's uh, coming out on Independence Day and it's a Western ally having a nuclear bomb <laughs> dropped on their major metro city. But you know what? Fuck it. They did Brexit. So it all evens out.
2: Yeah. But uh, yeah, like, like you said, you know, still fleshing out the details. I think overall solid film. I think it's going to play well with the audiences. It plays into the whole mental illness and, you know, small dick stuff that people are into now. Harrison, moving on to our fan favorite game, Lightning Round. First question this week, you're told that your child has to have one of the following characteristics, boring, stupid, ugly, which one do you prefer, and does the gender of the child influence your decision?
1: So the gender does not affect my decision. Uh, And I'm going to go with boring. That is
2: wrong. That's the worst possible outcome because you can fix stupid by just giving the kid Adderall and you can fix ugly through plastic surgery. Harrison, you're locked in a room. In another room that's identical is your wife. There's 60 60 minutes on a timer that's counting down. In the middle of the room, there's a button that you can push. If you don't push it, in the next 60 minutes, both of you die. But if one of you does, they save the other, and the other dies. Do you do it?
1: Do I Do I hit
2: the button? If you hit the button, you die. But you save your wife's life. But if neither of you hit the button at all in the next 60 minutes, you both die.
1: Mm, yeah, I don't really see anything that is making this an imminent threat. I'd, ju- I'd call bullshit on this. I mean, seriously, like... This person's going to kill both of us. I'll take my chances. Hey. Okay.
2: I'll I'll, I'll be I'll reveal something to you. Is this a little bit of, you know, the alternative ending that I'm barking into the whole James Bond thing, maybe? So I hope you like it.
1: Uh, so you were just giving that to me because I said I would, uh, I pick that pitch. So you just felt sorry for me. It's just trying to grease the wheels for me actually making this movie. No, this is. I,
2: I was being dead serious. This is a part of the very end. These people do die.
1: Oh, oh that. <laughs> oh, oh, they—they they they are not messing around. So they, yeah. So they—they they definitely die.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because you have to have a subplot, and these people are trapped in a the room. They're like, "Don't worry, Bond will be here any minute."
1: Ah, uh, you a, know what? It's a good I, movie. I'm. I'm sticking with my answer. <laughs> All right, Jack. So that concludes lightning round. Do you want to go ahead and get out of here? Yeah, that sounds good. I think you have your reminders. Yeah. So usual reminders. You can follow us on Patreon like our YouTube followers have done. Not like people of the podcast. Well, there there are a few, but more of our YouTube has been following. But I'm not going to rant about that. So uh, follow us on Patreon. You can follow our YouTube channel where we post videos You can follow us on Twitter at The Stool Pigeons. And please rate, subscribe, and review on Apple Podcast. We always appreciate the reviews. And if you do leave one, we will read it on the air. No matter what it says, we will read it on the air. We're looking at you, Adolf Hitler 420. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, thank you for listening. Thanks.